Stories Behind the White Coat. I'm Ben Davis, and this is Grayscale. Hi everyone. Welcome to the first episode in a new series titled CO25, short for Class of 2025. This is a project I've wanted to do for years, and I'm glad to finally be able to share it with everyone. We'll be following our current incoming intern class for the next three years as they experience and grow throughout residency. This first episode is mainly getting to know our group and to get their thoughts on the evening before their first official day of residency following their orientation. We recorded this in my backyard, so the audio might be a bit suboptimal, but we make do. And with that, here's your class of 2025. You know what's funny is I like I literally hit record and I I, hopefully that picked it up. Uh, What just happened? If you can't hear that, a lawnmower just started as I pressed record, and that was the one thing I was fearful. We are sitting. uh, Okay, well, (laughs) that's a fitting start. That's like residency, right? You just you just roll with it. There's a lawnmower that starts on the floor, and you just ignore it. Okay, so it is. Oh, lawnmower. I think it'll be fine. I hope it'll be fine. It is Sunday, June. They, they're no, they're they're moving back this direction. Okay, I was thinking they're going to go in a different direction. Uh, it is Sunday, June twenty six, five seventeen p.m. It is um, the hottest day of the year at the hottest time for the hottest day so far this year. So I picked the absolute hottest time for us to be outside recording together. But we are here in my backyard, and. Uh, it's like the take, At like this point, we're trying to figure out who's going to go first and introduce themselves. And eventually, uh, Helena okay. takes a deep breath. So if you can and of course, you know, if you take a deep breath, that means you're up. Kind of where you come from. Sure. I'm Helena Gann. I am 27 years old, and I'm coming from North Carolina. And who is Helena? Like, you, you've written personal statements on personal statements on mm-hmm. personal statements. And that's great. Um, but if you had to do an elevator pitch of like who you are today on Sunday going into to your first day of residency, first true day, I know Friday was like a pseudo clinic day. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, who would you say you are right now? Oh, today mm-hmm. or like a summary of me? Maybe if you're going to offer both, I'll take both. Okay, let's see. Oh, sorry. Um, so I would say that I am a. Chinese American um, who grew up in the South um, and wanted to do medicine since I was like five years old. Um, and my mom tried to dissuade me, pushed me in different directions, um, but I held strong. And now I'm here in um, Swedish, all the way in Seattle, Washington, um, for for a lot of reasons. I feel like. Um, the program really reflected my values and I wanted to be able to um, provide the care that I didn't always see in the South, um, including gender-affirming care and especially now abortion care um, for my patients in the future. Um, And so today, specifically on this Sunday, I am feeling anxious about starting a seven-day span in family medicine and patient service. 
but also excited to finally get started. And um, happy coming off of a weekend of hiking and celebrating Pride. turn you down I can't turn you up sounds good um hi my name is Sarah I am 28 years old and come from New England um bopped around between Massachusetts to Maine to Vermont to Massachusetts to Maine again um as an adult I felt like if I didn't leave for residency I never would and really wanted to spend some time away Um, and I think similarly to a lot of folks in this program was looking for a family medicine program that kind of did it all and, and could train me to do a lot of the things that, especially rural Maine, where I didn't grow up in rural Maine, but did a lot of medical school in rural Maine. Like there's a lot of lacking stuff, probably not too dissimilar from the South. Um, I think before medical school and going through medical school, like really radicalized me in a lot of ways, like seeing how poorly a lot of systems work. Um, and that really led me into family medicine as well as like a field that can really adapt and meet the needs of any community and individual and society even I would say um in ways that I think a lot of other fields can't um and I bet I will end up going back to the northeast but for now I just really want to get the most out of being here and being around a lot of like like mended folks that I didn't really feel like I had there Um, and kind of bring that energy back with me someday. Um, I was also strongly influenced by my mother, who's a physician, um, who does primary care internal medicine and really deliberately did not try to persuade me to go into medicine, but kind of like led by example in a lot of ways and found a career that she really loved and didn't get burnt out by and really yeah strongly influenced my coming into medicine and I think that she's a big reason why I'm here and she was very excited that I want to do primary care and similarly didn't try to get me to go into internal medicine but I know she wanted me to but I'm she was very excited that I yeah want to do primary care too shout out to moms Hello, my name is Preston Butler. I am originally from East Tennessee, but I'm coming from medical training in Boston. Um, I often talk about who I am in terms of my family, um, and that my mother is a social worker, and she really taught me a lot of value for empathy and her family members for education. And then my dad um, used to be um, a, a work in printing factories and is now a small business owner. So I feel like I learned a lot of self-discipline and work ethic and anti-elitism from him. Um, I'm also part of the queer community. I'm a gay man. I am also Southern, like Helena. Um, Yeah. And as of two days ago, I am 
the primary care physician for two people, which yeah. which is wild and really exciting and feels like an immense responsibility that I'm ready for and also completely unprepared for. Um, yeah, and that's really exciting. Um, so I guess that's who I am today. Um, hi, I'm Katie. I am 30 years old and I um, made my way to uh, the Pacific Northwest from Texas, San Antonio specifically. Uh, and yeah, so kind of in the same vein of speaking about me, I, I always have to kind of talk about my family because um, it just yeah, it's how I always start. Um, so I'm one of five, um, the youngest of three, but um, added two adopted brothers um, at the end. And um, we all hail from my amazing parents who um, were refugees in the Khmer Rouge in 1979. And so we ended up in Stockton, California. Um, and that's where I'm from. And um, I take a lot of pride from being from the Central Valley, I think so much of who I am stems from there. Um, and, and we talked a little bit about medicine and kind of how we got there. Um, I was anti-everything STEM, which was really sad as like a female um, now that I look back at it. Uh, and I was very excited that I found like kind of a home in social sciences because it felt like I was against the grain and I was like studying something that made sense and would like help people in a different way um and yeah so I studied anthropology and then somehow ended up into medicine um but it was a very long route that kind of led there um but what I think I always say like my indoctrination into family medicine was that um medicine was like practice outside the clinic rooms um, because I got to do so much of my, um, pre-med training in, uh, South San Francisco. And so, like, I learned so much about how to treat patients outside, um, within the community and got to, um, kind of have that foundation. So it was a very, um, kind of great thing that I got to pursue family medicine, um, in residency. And, yeah, and coming to the Pacific Northwest to like continue those things. And also, like Sarah had said, be around like minded people and to train around folks who support that type of work. So, yeah. I'm 26 years old. <laughs> I know. I'm 26 for the record. I just want to point that out there. That's official. For the record. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Zanna. I am not the oldest, but second oldest in the program, 33. Proud. Um, <laughs> and I'm originally from Olympia, so not far from here, and have lived both in California and the East Coast in my adult life and kind of made my way back here, which has been really nice. And I feel like when I was thinking about where I wanted to continue training, 
it felt really right to be here and stay in Seattle, um, just in terms of the programs and what we got to have the opportunity to be part of, but also being close to family and in this community that I'm still learning about. And um, so I felt it feels really good to be here with all of you um, about me. Yeah, for me, I would I think a good theme was family. My parents are both small business owners. Um, my mother owns a small bit, a restaurant in Tacoma and has run it for almost 50 years. I was just there with her. She wakes up most days at 3 a.m. And so when I was telling her that my days in the hospital were starting, you know, around 6 a.m., she's like, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> that's easy. So. <laughs> oh, sleeping in. I see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, I'll call you if you want. I'll already be up, you know. <laughs> so I think um, just. What, 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 is your, what does your brother do? My mom, my mom owns a restaurant. Oh, it was a restaurant. Oh, my, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Did you say 50 years? Yes. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, she has been running it um, originally with her sister-in-law and then now on her own for a very long time. And so like her her restaurant and then my dad has had a business in, in a cafe in Olympia and they were both very strongly community centers, um, both of them. Um, and I think that just that dedication to having spaces for people like they would allow their space to be used for community events and having social justice libraries and kind of just and music and just like a space and I think that for me when I kept thinking about like what type of medicine I wanted to practice it was meeting people where they're at and like finding the creating those spaces um through my work in medicine um but my background is in public health and I did a lot of community oriented primary care that was my my work in DC and in San Francisco and I really struggled with if I most of my mentors were had left medicine um, and had like been trained in medicine and went into public health because they were really fed up with the system of medicine and so I think like going into medicine for me I felt like I was it was it was like a, a a conscious decision to choose the harder route for myself like for what felt like the harder decision but I and I was so afraid that I would start medical school and feel like I had made a huge mistake and I haven't felt that way yet. And I'm sure there'll be moments kind of like leading into the part of before we start today, the day before we start, I'm sure there'll be moments that will feel that way. And I'm hoping that they're less than the, the moments that feel really good. So we, we've alluded to a few times that tomorrow's kind of the first day of like truly all of your rotations starting you had a little bit of a clinic half day um a few days ago on friday but it's kind of the first big jump into the pool i i i guarantee and i know that the the emotions are many but if you have to pick like a primary emotion that you're experiencing going into tomorrow what would it be we'll start with helena I will say excited because I'm going to set that tone for myself. Um, you force the emotion upon yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think excited is a huge component of it, but of course okay. that's, I know you said one word, but mm -hmm. you're more, um, I think it also encompasses the anxiety aspects of it too. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we will be learning very quickly. And so, but I am excited to finally be a part of patient care again and to care for patients as my own, as a team. I don't know if this counts as an emotion, but I think 
for me and probably a lot of people, Friday's news has been really dominant in my life and brain. And so I guess bittersweet is my emotion. I'm having a lot of trouble like focusing on residency starting tomorrow and thinking about what that means. And I think I am excited, but I feel also so much grief and fear and all of the things about Roe being being overturned as someone who wants to be an abortion provider and also could get pregnant and would get an abortion if they were to get pregnant and all of that and thinking about all the other people who wouldn't have that and I don't know I feel like it's gonna be hard not to go into this (laughs) like today and and I think that's okay, but I I just like want to hold space for thinking thinking and talking about Roe being overturned on this like very momentous occasion in our lives also and kind of it really putting a damper on things for me. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I was thinking about that a lot on Friday because we had graduation and we had I, I wanna say six graduates in a reproductive health area of concentration and uh, just kind of a ironic day to have all of that kind of jam-packed for sure because we uh, didn't have your name so this is Preston yeah Sarah I was also going to say I don't know if this counts as an emotion it's more of like a state of mind but the word that comes to mind for me is disbelief that this this is really starting tomorrow like for real? Because <laughs> um, I feel like it's something that so many people have given you advice about and or warned you about or discouraged you from or told you is going to be really exciting. Um, you know, I had a mentor throughout medical school that told me at graduation, which I actually missed because I had COVID, but she emailed me and said, you know, Preston, people say a lot of scary things about residency and intern year. And I just want you to know that while you have some of the worst days, you're also going to have some of the best times of your life and best days of your life during that intern year. They're going to be really special moments. So I, yeah, I can't believe that that's starting tomorrow. And I'm someone who starts on a more relaxed outpatient rotation um so i will maybe be getting some more sleep than my colleagues and friends here at this circle which which block are you starting on i start with dermatology (laughs) (laughs) yeah my my uh buddy who's moving from intern to r2 now said oh great you're just rolling into residency you're gonna get your house set up and everything in order which we'll see if that's true but um yeah, so I, I think that's another piece of the disbelief for me, that it doesn't actually, the, the realist part of it, I think, doesn't start for me tomorrow. Yeah. Back to Katie. Okay. Um, I don't, yeah, I'm trying not to be negative, and I love that Halita, like, started, was like, I'm going to do this and be excited. Um, I think the word or the feeling I feel is, like, I'm petrified. Um, and it's funny because I... Um, was sent a clip from the first episode of Scrubs. Um, Zach Braff's character, like, looks, he's, like, getting asked a question during rounds, and um, he, he's supposed to be, like, a deer in the headlights, and there's a car coming towards him. Um, 
and then somebody like he, he was like oh no I don't know the answer and then the and he asked for help and they're like oh I don't know and then they got called in and that person knew the answer and then he got like hit by the truck is a hard scene just google it um but um to describe you'll notice that that's in my head it makes sense and doesn't make sense to anyone else but um that I was like oh wow I totally feel that way not that I have any like gunner co-residents that are answering questions that I don't know it's this the feeling that I had when like the MA came to me on Friday to huddle and was like what do you want like what do you what do you want to do and I was like uh and I just started listing all the and it wasn't like I was actively doing it it was just coming out it was like a stream of consciousness and I was like I didn't I don't even know if I meant any of those things I just said it and that kind of scares me because it's just like I don't feel like I um I don't know it's like almost like I I just don't feel like I'm supposed to be in this role so I guess in that sense a little bit of imposter syndrome but like it's really like I feel a lot petrified. Um, and like Preston, I am going into a softball rotation. I'm going to outpatient pediatrics. Don't even start till 9 a.m. tomorrow. I get to be with the like breastfeeding consultants and I'm stoked about that. Um, but just like, again, kind of like filling into that role. Um, yeah, pretty like petrified. I think the word would be anticipation. It feels like both excitement and dread um, and kind of like anxiety. I think that going into this, and I'm sure that I've, from other people in my life who have been in the, are in this position too, like fourth year was very low on clinical time for me. And um I feel like I just haven't been thinking in that way and don't remember any doses of anything. You know, I just don't feel like I know medicine. And so I think it's hard to trust the training and also just trust that there's a lot of, I know that there's a lot of kind people who will answer questions, but I think it's just that feeling of like, oh, that, that responsibility of um, caring for people and wanting to do a really good job and like wanting to make sure that if someone asks me something, I don't want them to feel like they can't trust that we can take care of them. So I just want to, I think that, that, that is like was on Friday was weighing on me a bit at the end of the day with all of the news and feeling all the emotions of that. And then having patients like at least one of them and their PCP now. And that was just like a wild feeling of getting to know them and also just feeling like the weight of that in a beautiful way. It was like something I wanted to do for so long, but also just was, was made it felt very real. So, so your name right there next to PCP on that pic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's me. Actually, it doesn't say your name. It says me. Uh, uh, if you, yeah, if you look in the, oh, the patient's chart, yeah, yeah oh. that was one of the updates. They changed it to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Me? Wait, is that was that me? Okay, is that yeah. a doctor me <laughs> here, or is that me me? <laughs> yeah, I, and I also really want to be an abortion provider and do a lot of reproductive health stuff. So I feel like Friday, it just it felt and poetic isn't the right word, but it felt like this like intense time of like wow, this is happening on literally the day that we are officially starting on Friday, and so that. Was, of a wild a wild experience 
a lot to process. So three years, uh, it's a long time, but it also goes by super quick. Where, let's just say we're sitting here in three years time, where do you hope to be in terms of like who you are, whether it's skill set or personal growth? I'm not going to burden Helena with answering the first question. I'm going to... Do you see yourself wanting to be the the same person that you are now? Do you want to be a different person or something in the middle? Because um, it's time for like both professional and personal. I think the personal growth is just as large, if not larger, than professional growth because you're doing a lot of hard things, and out of hard things, you you tend to grow one way or another. As far as training goes i am not super worried like i feel like i can just trust the process this program has trained pl- many many great residents and i think the thing that comes to mind when you ask that is the broader kind of hidden curriculum of medicine that often kind of grinds the souls and energy out of people people as they go through training and I feel like I have experienced already a little bit in medical school and so in three years I guess I hope to not lose my fire and energy and kind of continued optimism that we can in fact like do something good um despite like being ground to the ground i don't know what the saying is being ground to the floor by by all of there's gonna be ground to the floor they could be ground into a fine powder (laughs) (laughs) ground to a pulp pulp there's pulp (laughs) By, by this training process that we have signed up for um so i feel like what training often the hidden message for me at least has been, you know, keep your head down, just wait till you're an attending and then you can, you know, do all these things, you know, do activism, do advocacy, do these like extra things. And I don't agree with that and think that like, you know, that's what's keeping people quiet and keeping things from not changing. And that's kind of how the system's designed in a lot of ways. And so I, I hope to, you know, keep up the, keep up the fire and keep my co-residents energized and also, you know, do that give and take where, when, and when we are inevitably tired and busy that, we can pick up each other's slack and keep keep that going. That's really vague, oh. but I th- I think you all know what I mean. <laughs> Definitely, it's uh yeah. And then wh- where does that fire come from? When I'm this is not a, this is a rhetorical question. <laughs> well, you can answer it if you want because I I don't know if I have the answer. But like, where does the fire continually come from when you're needing to use that fire for your patients and? Sometimes for your family, sometimes just for your profession, colleagues, yourself. Um, 
it just it's tough to like keep it at a high heat when everything is kind of like trying to be on top of it and i think that's the thing we we all struggle with in life but i'll say specifically being physicians is you give so much of the fire and like you have to find ways to like sustain it and also get it from other sources which is tough this is helena or ben's notes thank you <laughs> ben's notes appreciates it eventually i i, I hope to get to a point where i'm 100 percent sure i know who's talking based on their voice but just to be 100 <laughs> um for me you know i came i think like part of my fire coming into family medicine came from working with um, like FQHCs serving underserved populations um, who have like little access to health services or quality and um, effective health services. And being at uh, Downtown Family Medicine Clinic, um, which is an FQHC and also the um, health department of downtown Seattle, I am hoping in three years I will have the tools um, to counter levels of burnout in an FQHC. I think there are um, parts of that work that can be very difficult, um, not because of patients, but because of the system that we are working within um, to try and help our patients or serve them in the ways that they need. Um, so I'm ho I foresee some levels of burnout in three years, um, but I'm hoping that there are, I've learned ways to, to continue to want to do that work um, and on the other side of that, I hope to have reached my um, abortion numbers to be able to um, become a abortion provider after residency and hopefully be able to um, serve communities in low access areas. I'm thinking specifically towards the south um, where it is um, getting much like access is much lower now especially um north carolina is doing okay but um i can't even imagine the, the the numbers that will be flooded towards north carolina from the other southern states um but i'm hopeful that we will see some change within the three like, three years that would kind of expand access in some way I'll, I'll be brief, but I think kind of what Sarah was saying, this is Anna for the notes. Um, I hope that I will also find ways to continue to have that fire. Um, I went into family medicine for the social justice aspect of the care and really wanting to have both tangible skill set and medicine and procedures. Oops. And um, also the ab increasingly the advocacy skill sets to really advocate for patients and for communities alongside communities um, and so I think like I hope that I get to have bits of that within this training so that I can continue to remind myself why I'm doing this because I felt in medical school I often would have to like really take time to remind myself why I was doing this um, just because although I didn't regret it I felt that I was just would get so exhausted and you just don't get to see often feel like the benefits of the work um, so 
I'm hoping that I will have had bits of that to keep the fire going. This is Katie. Um, so in medical school, uh, we had a medical humanities professor come and talk with us about how to stay sane in medical school. And he said the two components that will make you, and I'm like listening with like my ears to the ground, like, he's like the two components that will make you a great doctor are um, competency and compassion. And I was like, okay, I got the compassion part down. Like, that's fine. So much of my fear for four years was like being competent enough. Um, and I think that's also how I feel going into, you know, residency tomorrow or, you know, as of Friday. Um, but I think the thing that I um, will want and I'm hoping, you know, in retrospect in three years um, or I guess in the future is that I'll still be curious um, curious about people's stories, uh, curious about medicine and how it evolves, um, curious for me to like want to continue to like learn. Because <laughs> um, I think, you know, there's this like our gra- the our threes just graduated yesterday or sorry, this past weekend. And it's like, OK, now what? You know, and so it's just an interesting um, time to be like introspective. But I on those you know, competency, compassion, and curiosity. Um, I think I will get competent. I'm not, I'm very scared about not being competent. Um, I think it will happen. I'm sure it will happen. But the curiosity thing is what I'm holding on to. This is Preston. Um, Really echoing what everybody else has said, I think there's a lot of pieces you want to maintain about yourself, your compassion and your empathy and your curiosity for people's stories. Katie, I love the way you phrased that. Um, And I also want to still be able to identify myself as a hiker and a baker and a volleyball player and all of those other identities that we have outside of medicine. I want those to still feel strong um, at the end of residency training. And um, the way I really want to change is developing a lot more of my comfort with uncertainty and ability to know where I'm competent and know when I don't have the answers and know that that's okay because you're, as someone's primary care doctor, you're going to be continually working with them through whatever they're experiencing to find the help that they need or the answers that they need. Um, And that's something I'm definitely not comfortable with today. Um, yeah, and then I'm really interested in obstetrics. I really want to be able to confidently manage labor and a lot of complications in labor. I'm also interested in providing abortions and gender-affirming care. So those are def- um, definitive skills that I hope to say that I have <laughs> at the end of residency. So last question. At the end of three years, so we just had graduation, uh, Typically, a graduate will have somebody do their introduction for them. Most times, it's faculty. Doesn't It's not always faculty. And so they get up, and usually we try to keep it to three minutes, but faculty get up and kind of talk about you, who you are, and your time with us. Um, thinking about three years, we, we talked about where you want to be, but what would you like for the people you've worked with for three years to say about you on that last day? Since... Preston has the microphone. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw I, it back. I think first and foremost, I would want people to say that I'm a really caring person. 
Uh, I feel like that <clears throat> in my friend circles has been a lot of my identity going through high school and college and medical school, and I do not want to lose that. Um, and I hope that they would say that I'm really um, a team player. I was a nursing assistant for a summer in medical school, and I feel like that's helped me understand a lot about different perspectives of all the people that you work with on a team in medicine. And I I would love to be known as somebody who's um, really good at bridging those gaps for people with diverse training to, to help everybody work in an interdisciplinary and successful way. You can decide the fate of the next person who holds this mic. I feel like Sam is having to adjust it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so great. No, I haven't thought about mine yet. Kind of along those lines, I think that I would hope that at the end of this, people would say that I was like a fierce advocate for my patients and that I kind of went above and beyond for them and also that I was a compassionate and kind person to be around and that um, I think for me something that's so important like in my friend groups and throughout medical school was always like supporting my the people around me and so I think like for me I hope that I can continue to do that with all of you and um, I think that I, I if I could have that as what I, I leave with that would be great <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready. Uh, this is Katie. I I think I I'm just gonna echo what everyone said already. Um, Preston and Zana. I think um I would really love to yeah to like be known as somebody who um like listened and um, advocated for patients and their lives um, outside, inside and outside um, clinic or hospital walls, um, and somebody who was um, reliable, um, not just like in regards to being like a, a good co-resident, um, but also um, knowing that I could be a strong person for you, um, whether that's, uh, you know, if you need me to watch your dog um, or uh, if you need me to, um, you know, cover for you. Uh, I don't know. Just like knowing that I'm usually a pretty loyal person in general. Maybe that's like my sign, cancer. I don't know. Um, but um, I do. I think there's a lot of um, beauty and, and having like good relationships with people. And, um, I just hope that I can still offer that in the next three years, even, even when like everything else might be kind of crazy. I hope that's still strong. This is Helena. Um, yeah, I think along the same lines, um, I hope that I um will be like what is it is it known as discussed like 
Known. Yeah, known, known yeah. is a good, good known. One. Yeah, known as um, a like passionate and caring provider, um, who would, you know, do most anything within our like you know set boundaries for my patients, um, to just to care for them and to be sure that they are getting um, the care that they need. Um, and then, you know, a big reason I came into family medicine, you know, I don't want, I don't need the fancy, like, medicine things. I just want to know what my patients, like, had for dinner yesterday. So I hope that I will also be known as someone who just, like, wants to know you and your daily life and my patients for, and my co-residents um, for just, like, their, their honest truths. I think this question's doubly hard because I don't like talking about myself that much. And also, I feel like our faculty will know us in a way that's kind of unique and different and not necessarily the way that our co-residents know us or our friends know us or our parents know us. And a lot of the things I think about us, they won't know and kind of how we are in clinic is and in the hospital is only a small part of us as people. And I hope that my faculty know me as a person. And yet that will still be influenced by that. All that's to say, I think kind of listening to you all, the trait that I would like to be known most for is like being trusted I guess being trusted by patients to you know tell me their deepest darkest secrets when they feel comfortable to do that and trusted by my coworkers to do things I say I'm going to do and be there for them and mm, all those things that are important to us as people and as residents and Yes, trust is like a big part of medicine, and I want to continue to work on that. Yeah, this is Sarah. I don't introduce myself at all. (laughs) (laughs) My job. You joke about that, but I every time I record with somebody, I usually have a stop point in my head of like, that's how I'm going to end an episode, and that's exactly how I'm going to end an episode. (laughs) Grayscale is produced by Ben Davis. Big thank you to Helena, Katie, Sarah, Preston, and Zana for recording with us. We look forward to hearing more about their journey in the upcoming months and years. Stay tuned. <laughs>